to the Calcio Corner podcast, where we cover all corners of Italian football. My name is Raffaele. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, and you can listen along also on SoundCloud. I thank those of you that are taking the time to listen to this podcast. You can follow the Calcio Corner on Twitter. It is at the Calcio Corner. Feel free to send questions and comments, and we will address some of them on upcoming episodes of the podcast. You can also follow my personal Twitter account. It is at Italiano Calcio. So let's dive right into it. I'm recording this podcast. It's a Saturday morning. Later today, Italy will face Greece in a Euro 2020 qualifier. So we will um, certainly cover that game on our next episode of the Calcio Corner podcast. But, um, you know, Italy traveling to Greece, uh, this is certainly a game that Italy got to go out and get a positive result. Uh, a draw would do, but you know what? Italy's got a, a strong enough squad, a better squad than Greece. They got to go out and get a win. But again, we'll cover this game in depth on the next episode of the podcast. The first story uh, we're going to start with is the big news that Fiorentina have a new owner in Rocco Comiso. A little backdrop, a little backstory on Mr. Comiso. He was born in Italy. He moved to the United States when he was 12 years old, earned a scholarship to Columbia University, a very prominent college here in the United States. Rocco Comiso, he started the company Mediacom, which is currently the fifth largest cable provider in the United States. His company earns $2 billion in annual revenue, and he also owns the New York Cosmos and has an estimated net worth of $4.8 billion, according to Forbes. Not bad. In other words, Rocco Comiso is the epitome of the American dream. Moved to the United States for a better opportunity and worked hard, worked his way up, and now a multi-billionaire. So what does all this mean for Fiorentina? One of the first things people will pay attention to is how does he deal with the situation involving Federico Chiesa? The Italian winger, he's drawn interest from some of Italy's biggest clubs like Juve and Inter. He's also drawn interest from abroad. Um, Bayern Munich are most notably interested in Chiesa. Comiso, he's come out and said that he will do everything he can to try to convince Chiesa to stay at, Fien- stay at Fiorentina at least for one more year. It was kind of interesting that he mentioned at least for one more year. Uh, I expect, you know, Comiso to try to understand what does Chiesa want to do? Uh, is he willing to commit himself for another season? Uh, Comiso has to, along with his team, he has to lay out a plan, a vision to make Chiesa feel confident that staying at Fiorentina is the right decision and, and that he has a future here to potentially grow. Maybe Comiso's plan is try to keep him at least one more season and, and get him, again, sold on this story, sold on a vision that this is the right place for him to be and where he could have a big career here. He doesn't have to make that jump to a bigger club in, in football. Um, the city of Florence is one of Italy's most beautiful cities. I, I love it there. I lived there for four months. It's arguably probably my favorite city in the world, um, at least ones that I've been to. The fans there, they're so passionate about Fiorentina. Um, there's a lot of appeal to playing in playing for Fiorentina, the beautiful city, the beautiful fan base. Um, it is a, a big city, rich with history, um, you know, not just on in terms of soccer, but just cultural history. And um, Comiso has to do his best to show that vision to Chiesa and get him sold on wanting to be a part of this future. Um, Rocco Comiso said in an interview that he has plenty of money and time to invest in this club. Um, He just has to hope that UEFA doesn't kill him with financial fair play rules. Um, He said he could put 200 to 300 million dollars into the club. You know, if you're a fan, that's music to your ears. Uh, You want to see your club able to compete with the big boys in terms of the transfer market and not needing to sell their big stars, selling a player like Chiesa. Uh, I'm sure Fiorentina fans would like to get to the point where this club isn't selling off their best players, that they're attracting these big players, that this is where they want to come play, 
and Comiso has the deep pockets to do it. It's just, again, like he said, here's the hope that UEFA does not kill him. He also mentioned in that interview that he's a self-made man, that he worked hard to get into the position in which he's in, um, that he had earned his money, nothing was given to him. And, and that type of work ethic, that dedication, that drive will certainly be used and put into building Fiorentina into being a successful club. So if I'm a Fiorentina fan, I could not be happy right now. Uh, the Della Valle family did all they could with that club. Um, and I think Comiso is, is, at least right now, is sounding like the right guy to help launch this club um, into perhaps another level that they uh, haven't been able to achieve. Uh, Comiso and his team, though, they have a lot of work to do in order to improve this Fiorentina roster. As I alluded to earlier, Comiso has plenty of money, and he can certainly spend a lot of that money to try and improve this roster. He could sell Chiesa for a nice chunk of money. There's no doubt about that. And he could use that money to bring in two to three or even maybe four promising young players to help expedite that rebuilding process. Here in the United States, we see this a lot, particularly in baseball. Teams that you know kind of fall out of contention around the trade deadline in July, they'll tr- uh, sell off. They'll trade one of their better players, a veteran player that maybe has an expiring contract, and, and in return get a haul of prospects. And that, those prospects help kind of expedite a rebuilding process for a baseball team. Maybe that's something Fidentina could explore with Chiesa, you know, selling him for 70 million euro, using that money, buying three, four players and, and kind of rebuilding that team a bit quicker. Fidentina, they're coming off an awful season, one in which their last league win came back on February 17th. That's crazy to believe that Fidentina did not win a league game since the middle of February. They went March, April, May without winning a game. They ended up finishing in 16th place. Um, heading into that final week of Serie A, they had a chance of being relegated, which is something that no one could have predicted heading into the season. I mean, early on in the year, they were kind of up there competing for a Europa League spot, and, and the wheels just came off. Uh, they do have a few pieces to build around. Uh, you know, if Chiesa stays, certainly he's a key piece that they're going to build around. They have Giovanni Simeone. We'll see what his future is. Alban Lafont in goal. He's good. Marco Benassi had a, a good season in midfield. You have German Petzella in defense. He's a good player. But, uh, but the talent is far and few between. Very scarce on that roster. A lot of work to do for Comiso and his team to rebuild that roster. Another key piece of business that Rocco Comiso would like to take care of as Fiorentina's owner, and certainly it's not a quick fix, but it's uh, the uh, stadium situation. I've been to the Stadio Artimi Franchi. Uh, it's very outdated. The track around the field keeps the fans very far from the action. Uh, Fiorentina obviously are in need of a new modern stadium, which does help when it comes to attracting players and, you know, even generating revenue. Uh, Comiso was asked about a potential new stadium uh, when he had his introductory like conference. And his response was, I don't know yet. I'm in Italy to learn. Of course, Fiorentina um, are also going to be looking to hire a new head coach. Uh, according to the Italian media, Gennaro Gattuso is a hot name being considered for the position, the former Milan coach. Vincenzo Montella's name is popping up again. Uh, obviously, he previously coached the club. Um, one final thought on Comiso. Uh, he's an Italian-American, as we mentioned, born in Italy, moved to the United States when he was 12. I think it'd be really cool if Fiorentina were to go out and sign Giuseppe Rossi, uh, who's an American-Italian, born in the United States, obviously, of Italian heritage, played for the Italian national team, previously played for La Viola, had some good seasons there. Uh, when it was announced that Comiso became the owner, uh, Rossi, you know, said that this was great. He thought this was great for the club and everything and, and great for to see a guy like Comiso who has Italian-American roots uh, owning Fiorentina. I think signing Rossi would be a, a cool signing for Fiorentina. I'm sure there's interest on his side to go back and play in Florence. He loved it there. And it could kind of start to transform Fiorentina perhaps into like this Italian-American team that 
fans in the United States could kind of root for and get behind um, with an Italian-American owner, Giuseppe Rossi, his American and Italian roots. It's just uh, a little side thought I had. I think it would be cool if Fiorentina explored that option. And, you know, it you, you wouldn't hurt to use some more uh, arsenal in their attack, right, especially if Chiesa were to leave. One of the other main topics that I wanted to cover on this podcast was Gigi DiBiagio announcing the Italy's under-21 side earlier this week that will compete in the under-21 Euro later this month. Remember, the under-21 Euro competition is being played in Italy, so there's some added pressure on this team to go out and perform and, and get a good result in this competition. The final is being played in Udine at the Stadio Friuli, uh, home of Udinese. Italy's first group game will be on June 16th against Spain, so that's about a week ago, uh, week away from uh, the time I'm recording this podcast. Now, I admit I'm, I'm biased, obviously. Everybody knows that follows me on Italiano Calcio on Twitter. Uh, I love everything about Italian football, the good, the bad, the ugly. And it's easy for me to look at this under-21 side and just gush over it, right? When I, when I saw the list of players for the first time, as I kept reading the names in my head, all of a sudden I said to myself, this team is loaded. They have talent everywhere. This team has everything it needs to win this competition. Then I said to myself, I got to take a step back and try and look at this team objectively, not look at it with the lens of being this crazy Italian fan. Um, And I did. I tried looking at it objectively, and my opinion did not change one bit, biased or not biased. This team is just loaded. Here are just a few key names on this team. You got Alex Meret, Alessandro Bastoni. Gianluca Mancini, Nicola Barella, Luca Pellegrini, Nicola Zagnolo, Sandro Tonali, Federico Chiesa, Patrick Crutrone, Moise Keane, Ricardo Orsolini. Uh, like I said, this team is loaded. How can you not hear those names and not think, wow, this, this team is stacked with talent? And again, that was just some of the players. I could have droned on with more names on this team. Um, this team's very strong. They're deep at every position. I, I honestly try thinking to myself, at which position are they the strongest? And I was able to make a case for their defense, their midfield, their attack. They're just a deep, talented team through and through in every department. Uh, Italy's under-21 group uh, includes Belgium, Poland, and Spain. And and I'd be lying to you if I acted like I knew a lot about these under-21 sides for those countries. I don't. What I do know is Italy has a talented, complete, and hungry side. Um, And based on what I know, being at home, kind of, yes, it adds pressure, but it also adds extra fan support that those other teams will lack. I feel that Italy need to at least make a run and could and should make a run to at least the semifinals of this competition. And I don't think even a, a run to the finals is something that's unconceivable to imagine. Because at the Dallas Sport the other day, they gave a projected under-21 lineup. Um, it's a 4-3-3 formation with Meret in goal, Mancini, Romagna, Bast- Bastoni, Di Marco in defense, Zaniolo, Mandra- Mandragora, Barella in midfield, Keza, Cutrone, and Chie- uh, Moise Keane in attack. Again, just loaded, loaded team. Straight fire. Uh, I can't wait for this tournament to get started. It'll certainly be a fun tournament to follow throughout the uh, early part of this summer. Now on to some official signings that happened recently. Uh, Napoli signed Giovanni Di Lorenzo from Empoli, the uh, wingback. He really blossomed into a very good player this past season. He cost Napoli about 10 million euro, which is not a bad price for Di Lorenzo. He had a solid season for Empoli, but really came on strong down the stretch. Uh, Napoli could look to sell Mario Rui uh, for around $13 million, kind of uh, opening up uh, a space there in their uh, defense for Di Lorenzo to slot in. Um, there's some rumors that Napoli could sell Rui to Benfica. Uh, of course, Rui is Portuguese. Benfica, there may be interest for that connection. And also Milan are interested. And you remember Marco Giampaolo, who coached Mario Rui at Empoli, is set to become Milan's 
new culture. There's that connection there. Maybe he wants to bring in a familiar player, a player that he likes. However, um, Napoli's president, De Laurentiis, he, he said that Napoli won't be making any more signings until they make a few sales first. He did mention that Napoli want another striker, and they've been linked to Atalanta's Duvan Zapata, who, of course, previously played for Napoli, and also they've been linked to Manchester United's Romelu Lukaku. There's uh, been a lot of talk that Atalanta's coach Gasparini, he's a huge fan of Simone Verdi, and would be interested in Napoli, including Verdi, in a potential deal for Duvan Zapata. So that uh, could be a possibility if Napoli want, uh, or if they deem Verdi expendable, and to help lower the price for Zapata, which, you know, the 40 million euro price tag has been thrown around, so... Uh, Gasparini likes Verdi. If Napoli deem him expendable, I don't know if they do. He could certainly be used to lower the price tag for Zapata if that's someone they truly want to bring back to Naples. Uh, you wonder what Napoli will do this summer. It's kind of interesting to follow them. Uh, two seasons ago, they came the closest they've been to challenging Juve for the Scudetto. Last season, they definitely took a step back in terms of the point differential. Uh, Napoli, they're going to have to, again, resist urges to sell Koulibaly. For a massive chunk of money, uh, Manchester United are once again knocking on the door for him and could offer 90 million euro for the defender. However, Napoli are looking to get 100 million euro plus for Koulibaly. Um, if I were them, I, I'd keep him. He, he's one of the top five defenders in the world. Uh, I, I don't see losing him, uh, how that helps the team, benefits them even with the money. Uh, Napoli do have deep pockets. They certainly have the money to spend. I, I don't think you need to sell Koulibaly. I think you need to keep him and try to make another run at the Scudetto next season. There's been a lot of rumors in Italy uh, recently saying that Napoli are interested in signing Mauro Icardi. Remember, when they first uh, sold Iguain to Juventus, Icardi was a popular name being linked to the club to replace Iguain. That never happened, but once again, now that Icardi appears to be on his way out of Inter, uh, he's once again being linked to the club. And there's been rumors in Corre de los uh, Sport this morning that they could offer Lorenzo Insigne as part of the deal. I'm not sure how Neapolitans will feel about that, but again, just rumors at the moment, um, but certainly an interesting one that popped up today in the Italian media. You figure Inter, they're going to improve this season, right, under Antonio Conte. I'm a huge believer that a coach can make a significant difference, and I like Luciano Spalletti. I think he's a great coach. However, Conte is on another level. Uh, You can argue that when Antonio Conte took over Juve, and when he took over the Italian national team, they were in worse shape than what this Inter roster is currently in. And you saw he got great results with both of those teams. So it's kind of scary to think that about what Conte might be able to do with this Inter team. And I don't necessarily mean in year one, this upcoming season, but in year two or year three. Um, they have an ownership group at Inter that are more than willing to add talent to that roster and spend money. So um, you certainly expect them to take a rise. And indications out of Italy say that Icardi, he wants to stay at Inter. However, Conte wants nothing to do with him. He wants him out. And it seems that that's the direction that the club is going to go with. Um, Again, there's kind of three possibilities right now being played out there. You have Roma interested in him. But it's not certain that Icardi would have enough interest in going to Roma, a club that's not in the Champions League right now. We know Inter want Edin Dzeko, so there's the possibility that Roma could offer Dzeko and money for Icardi. There's Juventus are interested in him. Of course, Juve could go the money route, offering him money, but also there's been the talk about a potential Paolo Dybala swap for him. And now the next, uh, the new latest rumor out there, again, as I just mentioned, Napoli. Napoli could offer Lorenzo Insigne in a swap deal. So with all that said, you know, with the very likely prospect that Inter take a step forward, Napoli need to make sure they take a, a care of business this summer uh, to close not only close the gap on Juve, but also to compete with Inter and maintain their status as a top three team 
in this league. And I'm not trying to say that Napoli have a lot of needs. Uh, we all know Napoli are loaded with talent. And as things currently stand, they are a top three team in Italy. There's no doubt about that. But they should push to compete for the Scudetto again next season. Uh, and if you see what's been happening in the Champions League the past few years, teams like Roma, Tottenham, Ajax making runs to the semifinals and finals. Why can't that be Napoli? Why can't that be something Napoli aim to do this next season? And that's why I think this would be a, um, an interesting summer for Napoli, like I said. They should keep Koulibaly. Um, De Laurentiis and that team seem obsessed with bringing in another striker, whether that's Duvan Zapato, Romelu Lukaku, or now they're being linked once again to Mauro Icardi. So we'll see what happens. Um, some news and notes from around the world of football. The big story that broke yesterday was that Real Madrid officially signed Eden Hazard from Chelsea. Uh, Real Madrid are really looking to reload that roster so they don't have a repeat of this past season. They've already signed Luka Jovic from Eintracht Frankfurt. Now Hazard for about 100 million euro. Strong start to the summer transfer market for Real Madrid. Uh, makes you wonder if they'll sell Gareth Bale. Uh, there's been plenty of talk about that. He's been linked to Inter and Napoli, actually, according to the Italian media. Um, Real Madrid recently just released their new uh, shirt uh, for next season, and Gareth Bale was used in the advertisement. And I know some people don't think anything of it. Some people think that there is some substance to that. If the player appears there, then he's likely to stay. Um, so that's just another nugget to think about. Manchester City, they're strongly pursuing, uh, pursuing Juve's Jao Cancelo. Uh, and could pay $50 million plus for the Portuguese wingback, who had a good season. Uh, two possible players that Juve could target to replace, Jao Cancelo, are um, Manchester City's Danilo and Chelsea's Emerson. Emerson previously played in Italy, of course, with Roma. Uh, he's made a few appearances for the Italian national team. He's still only 24 years old, relatively young. Would not be a bad option for Juve. However, he only appeared in 10 games this past season under Chelsea, who were coached by Maurizio Sarri. And it sounds like Maurizio Sarri on Monday will become the Juve's next coach. So you wonder, Sarri barely used Emerson this past season. Uh, so is that a player that he would want to bring to Juve? Uh, we don't know. Inter are being linked to a new name uh, for their attack, uh, Lille's Nicolas Pepe. According to what Gazzetta dello Sport said the other day, Inter's management feels that Pepe is a, quote, must-have player and the perfect player to pair in uh, attack with Edin Dzeko, assuming they signed him from Roma in Conte's 3-5-2 formation. So according to what Gazzetta dello Sport is reporting, Inter's management wants their um, attack pairing to be Dzeko and Nicolas Pepe. However, uh, Liverpool are very much interested in signing Nicolas Pepe and have uh, could offer 80 million euro to Lille. So if Inter really do want Pepe, this is something that they'd have to perhaps move on fast given the strong interest from Liverpool. That'll do it for the third episode of the Calcio Corner podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Once again, please subscribe on iTunes and listen on SoundCloud. Feel free to leave a rating and comment on either one of those platforms. That would be greatly appreciated. Until next time, ciao.